This movie was directed by Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Biscuit. That 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 that's your opening joke. I I don't know what else you want me to say. What else can can I say about this movie? Anyways, everyone, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's like an obsessed fan, always creeping outside your house at night. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the man with the best mullet in the game. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone. Moose is in the house. Moose, Moose. is in the house. <laughs> Moose is in the house today, guys. Dude. dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Do your, do your thing. Do your intro. Okay. okay. Guys, the finale of the Travolta-thon, we've been, uh, we're talking about the 2019 psychological thriller, The Fanatic, somewhat based on a true story about a Hollywood-obsessed uh, man by the name of Moose, played by John Travolta, who goes a little bit too far when meeting his favorite celebrity. Now, I have seen this movie like three, three, four times by now, and this was Mike's first time watching this movie, so <laughs> I am really looking forward to asking him the question, Mike, what did you think about the fanatic with John Travolta? I, what the hell was this movie? I'm not kidding when I say this movie was, this movie was so much. And it was, and it threw so much at you at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. The movie never stopped at all. It was a hundred percent in one way or another, usually for the worse. And oh my god, there were so many wrong decisions that turned out hilarious. I I will say I love this movie. This movie is oh my god, this is the textbook bad movie that comes up once every blue moon on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, this was magical. <laughs> Now, again, this is part of the, Tra the Travolta-thon, and this movie does feature John Travolta. And, Mike, what did you think of John Travolta in this movie? Can you describe him to everybody? Okay, so for just to provide context on the role that John Travolta plays, he plays the center character, character by the name of Moose. Moose has autism. And he's not, it's not high functioning autism. It's, he's got medium to low functioning autism. He is, he, he's, he's very much, he's very much on the spectrum. And he is a cinephile. Mm -hmm. And he is obsessed with this one burnout, like action movie star. And John Travolta sports a mullet. He pretend, he does random shit all throughout the movie makes the worst decisions. And it is, he says he's got some one-liners that are just some of the most beautiful sentences I've heard uh, it, uttered in cinema. It, it is magic. It is magic. So and real quick about his mullet. It's that, so I mentioned this earlier where this movie is somewhat based on a true story because the story is actually inspired by a real-life fan who stalked Fred Durst. In fact, the outfit that Travolta wore in this movie was inspired by this man, which, I mean, just as a quick aside, I really got to say makes a lot of sense coming from a Limp Biscuit fan. But <laughs> what, what, but you know, going back to the mullet, 
I remember I read somewhere that when Travolta and Durst were trying to come up with ideas for the character, going from like, you know, head to toe, they were going through and they got on the topic of the mullet. And like uh, Durst was like, you know, I really, really picture this character having a mullet. So they just opened up Google images and then just kept fucking going through until he stopped at one and he was like, that's it. That's the one. And this mullet does does it fit this character? I mean, it, it is really does. It's it's just it is. I gotta say, this is the harshest mullet I've seen. We've seen ones that are more extravagant on the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Look no further than Samurai Cop, but this is probably the first mullet that I've seen that I've gone, Jesus Christ Almighty. Too mm-hmm. like actively looked at and went, oh my god, alive! That is a mullet. That is, and it fits the character in the weirdest way. Like it actually really does fit Moose, which I don't understand at all. But it does. It fits, and I'm not asking any more questions. Well, dude, it's so weird because the relationship between. Fred Durst, the director, and John Travolta, the actor. When you think of that, you're like, that doesn't work. But then when you see it, you're like, oh my God. No, this, like, it weirdly fits. Yeah. And despite, like, everything with this movie, John Travolta has said that Fred Durst has been his favorite director to work with. Because I guess Durst just allowed Travolta to create and be an artist and just let him go buck wild on this character. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> the director of Stain's It's Been a While music video, the long shots with Ice Cube, and an eHarmony commercial, and also the lead singer of Limp Biscuit is John Travolta's favorite director. What is this reality we are living in? Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the moment Harambe killed that, like, almost killed that four-year-old, that's the moment the timeline split. Like, <laughs> we're in the dark timeline where John Travolta considers Fred Nurse to be his, like, favorite director to work with, which is a shocking statement. The man who did it's all about the he said, she said bullshit is also the guy that Travolta who worked in Get Shorty, Pulp Fiction, Saturday Night Fever, Carrie, bunch of great stuff, goes, yep, this is it. This is the pinnacle. Like, what? Bro, you were in Pulp Fiction, my guy. That's that's my problem. And I get it. Quentin Tarantino, people have opinions on him behind the scenes. He might be a little bit, people say he might be a little bit of a weird guy, but you were in pulp you were in pulp fiction i almost said pulp friction that's pulp a di- that's a different movie <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's, a, that's it's right there with saving ryan's privates <laughs> no it's honest to god that's the confusing thing about this movie that is probably the most confusing thing about this movie because you look i look at the character of moose and it doesn't 
fit John Travolta. I'm so confused why Travolta's moose. That's so I but, I don't it does get kind it. it just it does kind of in the like <laughs> you've gone you have gone you have like gone past like yeah yeah no 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 this isn't the option we're looking for uh to no like this guy would not fit to you know what fuck it sure why not why the it's, fuck it, not <laughs> It's the same energy. It is the same energy as like <laughs> those old cooking recipes from the 50s that use too much jello or gelatin that you're just like, I don't want to try any, any part of this. And then you taste it and go like, I don't like it, but I get what they were doing. Like, yeah, it's in a way I get it works. But was the larger movie going audience ready to see this movie. No. And if you and, and if you know what I mean, we're going back to the box office bonanza. Mike. No. no. <laughs> we're gonna do a game of higher or lower with the I'm gonna tell you the budget of the fanatic, and then you have to guess what it made at the box office. Now oh, great. The budget for this movie, from what I could find, was 18 million dollars and how much so it was weird i saw where they said this is how much it made opening night but i've all but i also see that like no some people are saying no that's just the amount of money that it made but fuck it how much money did this movie make at the box office 18 million this movie is directed by fred durst i did i did not know i i i had heard rumblings about it in like Reddit and such, but it's all niche subreddit. So I'm assuming I'm chopping, I'm going chopping at the knees right now. 400,000. Lower. Oh no. A hundred thousand. Lower. This is oh, oh no oh no oh no 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 uh uh thirty thousand lower <laughs> did this movie make a dollar did Fred Durst have enough money to like get a cab ride home <laughs> Jesus Christ uh what is it like ten thousand lower. Did this movie make a thousand dollars? Did this movie make a thousand dollars? I'm out of ideas. <laughs> okay, so you actually overshot it with a thousand dollars. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what it made. Jesus, that was. I was trying so hard not to laugh. I was trying like I was like I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but this movie made three thousand one hundred and fifty-three dollars in only fifty-two theaters. Oh. And and oh and and the highest oh. grossing theater was from the Arena Cine Lounge in Hollywood that only grossed seven hundred and thirty six dollars, but overall it averaged only sixty dollars per location. And I am sure in some theaters maybe it only grossed like twelve dollars but ju- by just one dude that didn't have anything going on or his date to, left him i was about to say it's it's one guy who whose date like ghosted him 
and he was just at a diner across the street and he looked over and just saw the fanatic and just saw John Travolta's face and went, oh, yeah, I remember Pulp Fiction. Yeah, why not? And he just walked in and saw the fanatic and he went. <laughs> oh, that is, is that the worst? Is it? The worst the, showing we've had on this podcast. That is the, absolutely it is. Absolutely. Remember, no, the, da- remember the days of mom and dad? Remember this time last year, the days of mom and dad when, we, when yeah. I was like, oh, ha ha. Mom and dad only made, I forget how much it made, like $100,000 at the box office. Yeah, and we were laughing. We were like, that's so low. Who who could who could who could score lower than that? And Fred Durst just just kept on rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> and lastly, before we get on to our drinks, I would be remiss if I didn't say mention that this movie was nominated for three Razzies, including for worst picture, worst director, and worst actor for John Travolta. And Travolta actually won his. Congratulations. I, I you know what? Good for you, John, I guess. It's this movie calling this calling this movie award worthy in any capacity feels like feels like feel it feels like a, a vile sentence to come out of my mouth, but for a Razzie, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Lost out to cats. Came out the same year as Zeroville. Oh, it's it's got some it's got some hard competition. It's got some hard competition. It's he's he had to beat out James Corden as a cat and also James Franco post me too putting Ooh. out a movie. <laughs> okay, so Mike, let's get to the ever important question that we have on this podcast, which is if this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? All right. With all the other cocktails leading up to this moment, there have been intelligent looks through the contents of the movie, the themes that play into it, and building a cocktail from that. There is none of that here. This movie doesn't have themes that build upon one another. This movie gave off emotion to me. That's all it gave off of. And it was not good emotion. It was a lot of emotion. So I'm not making a cocktail based off of themes of we have this so let's use this it's just this is the vibe this is the vibe this is this is a movie that you're gonna show to your friends to go jesus christ this is so terrible you've got to see this so let's make a cocktail that represents that we have john travolta who is campari pouring three ounces of campari Okay, cool. We've got your Campari. Now, you'd think with your Campari, you'd build something around it that fits Campari, that fits John Travolta in a way. Campari's versatile, but there is a set lane that Campari works best in that you should definitely capitalize on. So let's take that into consideration and pour in just a bu- just a kid-sized bottle, like a lunchbox-sized bottle of Sunny D. Because, fuck it. Who, yeah, he said Hollywood. Cool. Sounds good. You know what? M- Moose is a child. So let's crack open a thing of Fun Dip and pour it in. Moose, Moose, ag- Moose. <laughs> Moose is supposed to be an autistic person, but he doesn't act like an autistic person. He acts like a fucking child. Which I um, like. I feel like I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but it's 
It's I don't think it is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna soldier on. Alright, what else? This movie is got some hardcore dude who's just needs needs to cool off for a second. So let's get some creatine monohydrate in there for Hunter Dunbar. This guy needs to cool off and like I don't know. Go to therapy, probably. All right. So moving forward from that, let's throw in we have we have Leah, a character who shows up like four times in the movie, but is apparently a central character in Moose's life. So let's toss in with her and this street performer that just bullies an autistic man, which fear for, for for reasons unknown, and a security guard who just pops up occasionally for all of these characters. Let's just toss in, I don't know, just some, they're, they're bland characters, but they just kind of just mess with Moose. So let's just throw in some Powerade to mess with the drink. <laughs> finally, to finally cap off the Fred Durst-ishness that oozes through this movie. And you may not know what that is, but listen to a Limp Bizkit album, then watch The Fanatic, and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Throw it, crack open a thing of NOS energy drink, pour in like seven ounces in. Because is it high octane? I, not really, but there is a level of Kyle energy in here that you're just like, okay, sure, whatever. Now, finally, this movie's emotion to me made me go, oh my God, this is so terrible. I need to tell my friends about this. Now, as a guy... I, I, it's just the whole, like, I don't know if you know this, Max, but like the fart spray things that they, they, people would mm-hmm. prank each other with in school. Yep. Grab a, grab a, grab a canister of fart spray, spray the top of your glass with it. Wait a little bit, taste the drink, go, oh my God, it's terrible. And just try and sabotage your friends with it. That is my cocktail. Poison your friends with fart spray. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We do not condone that. I want to make that abundantly no, clear. No, no, don't, don't, don't actually poison your friends. <laughs> okay, so we got Campari. We have Sunny D, Fun Dip, Creatine, yeah, Nas Energy, and Blue Powerade. Blue Powerade, right? Or just any Powerade. Yeah. Just a Powerade. Pick a damn Powerade. Okay. This movie okay. doesn't care. Okay. In my head canon, it's blue Powerade for yeah, hell yeah. reasons. Um, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. And the fart spray. Yeah. The fuck, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> this, that's what that's the you know, what? that's the words that came out of my mouth the moment this movie ended. Why the hell does your drink feel like a bunch of like like we go back to like us in high school and it's like you, me and like maybe six other guys all sitting around and they're like, you want to see who can make the strangest concoction. And then old <laughs> Billy has to drink it. That's this, that's your drink. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. It's a wild drink that you're like, who in their right mind would drink this? But, but you go, I do want to see someone drink it though. I want to see someone consume it. <laughs> Okay, dude. Good job, man. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) I don't care anymore. Okay. So for my drink, we got Hollywood, an obsessed man, shitty celebrities and murder. Where do we go? John Travolta. I'm saying he's our vodka. He's like the core of our drink. A strange man, a strange performance that's so memeable with quotes and the way he dresses. But it's entertainingly bad. 
in the same way that like cheap beer is bad. You know, yeah, it's bad, but you'll still drink it when you're broke and you'll find a way to have a good time. So let's say New Amsterdam, but a flavored <laughs> New Amsterdam because it's weird. It's strange. John Travolta brings like a charisma that's weirdly entertaining, but still so bad. So let's make it passion fruit flavored two ounces into your wine glass. Now let's talk about Fred Durst, the elephant in the room, because like in my head, in any other situation where we bring Fred Durst into this podcast, I would say like Natty Light or Bush Light. But because Fred Durst and John Travolta go together in a weird, so bad, it's entertaining way. I'm going to say that in this movie, Fred Durst is your cheap champagne because, you know, these two mix together in a weird way and, you know, champagne and Hollywood parties. So add that to your glass. So it's like about three quarters of the way full. Also, be prepared for a hell of a hangover. We we have our dickish celebrity, but also somewhat reasonable celebrity guy that Moose is obsessed with. Like he'll he'll bully him at the shop, but then. Once Moose shows up to his house, the celebrity guy is like, hey, man, get the fuck off of my property. And I'm sitting there like I, I too, would would say that if I was a celebrity and a man showed up on my front porch asking <laughs> yes. for my autograph. <laughs> so he's basically like your vanilla white meat celebrity going through a divorce. So add in one ounce of, let's say, vanilla liqueur. We have some shockingly violent scenes. So add in an ounce of grenadine. And Moose's uh, friend in this movie, Leah, uh, the girl, she's there, serves as a way to give us information. Let's do a dash of orange bitters. Why not? And for the weirdness of this movie, the little moments throughout, like the Travolta mullet, the random things he will say or how blocking people on social media is like the equivalent of murder in Travolta's eyes. Let's garnish this drink with a pickle, like a, like a little mini pickle. It's like when you remember this drink has a pickle in it, you're like, hmm, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Why is that there? And, you mm. know, that's my drink. <laughs> like a like a little bit of. Vanilla liqueur and passion fruit and and bubbly. It's it's this movie. This movie's got a lot of confusion to it, and I feel like you you nailed the you nailed the question marks that I always had regarding this movie. It's every every turn, every edition. I have more questions. I don't have more. I don't I don't I don't feel like the questions ever get answered. But but I have more questions. That's that's for sure. And when you try this drink, you will be like, "Damn. That was awful, but I still have many questions." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like, "That was terrible, but you know what? I do want to know what the hell you were thinking with it." All right, guys, we'll go make yourself either my drink or Mike's drink. Crack it open. Maybe not the fart spray because we don't want you to poison yourself again. What don't that again? You will, you will, you will have to fumigate your house if you do that. (laughs) And let's get right into talking about the fanatic. You are a fan. Without you, I am nothing. This is our pretentious quote that we see at the start of the movie. Then we see drone shots of L.A. And Leah, our uh, Moose's friend, 
monologues about the city of bullshitters and how the city will suck the life out of you. And, you know, other like most people like break down like an old station wagon. Everything breaks down, even a person's spirit. But Moose, he's unbreakable. And it sounds like <laughs> me at the end of the Travoltathon. I'm getting through this. and I'm like, yo, you can't break me now, man. I am crying <laughs> on the inside, but you you cannot break me, John Travolta. You Please can't bring me down. You can't bring me down, John. I watched Gotti and I came out on the other side. I'm not the same, though. Not the same. <laughs> I'm not the same man before I watched Gotti. I am different. I, I am. I am grown. <laughs> I don't sleep as well at nights anymore. I hunch over a little bit. I I just wake up and I and I see in my in my in my waking up stupor just the face of John Travolta as John Gotti when he looks a mix between constipated and unhappy. <laughs> and now after watching this movie, it's just John Travolta's mullet uh, floating over my bed, looking down on me. <laughs> oh God, he's in the house. <laughs> Turn around, you see him. <laughs> moose <laughs> so we cut to the pawn shop our boy moose enters and what is the first line of dialogue <laughs> out of our hero's mouth in this fred durst directed movie it's john travolta saying can't talk gotta poo <laughs> you like an an <laughs> And after hearing that, you already know what you're getting yourself in. You're like, got it, got it. Why do you start with that? There's no, how is that the intro? How did Fred Durst look to introduce his damn movie by having John Travolta, the man who played Vincent Vega, who played Tony Marinano, to say, I can't talk long. I got a poo. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to look at this movie from a screenwriting perspective, you want to establish what your film's all about within like, you know, the it's first about, 10 pages. It's about pooing now. The, the, if if you want to establish like the tone and the theme of your movie, <laughs> look, look at Fred Durst did it in one fucking page. <laughs> He didn't do it a page. He did it a day of sentence. He literally, he literally said, "Can't talk long, got a poo." And I went, "Oh, it's gonna be, this is gonna be hilarious, bad." Oh, okay. And Moose, I guess I don't know if he has to poo or not because he stops to talk with the owner of this pawn shop. <laughs> and he, and you know, Moose's model is you know exposition dumping. He's gonna go see his favorite celebrity tonight, Hunter Dunbar, at a party. Um, but then the uh, pawn shop owner's like, you know, he's gonna be at a book signing at the pawn shop tomorrow, right? And Moose is like, why, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me this was happening? And it, like, I need some, I need something memorable. But the pawn shop owner shows Moose Hunter Dunbar's vest from Space Vampires, and this just blows his mind. It's, but it's out of his price range as well, eight hundred dollars. This pawn shop owner, he's. He, he likes Moose. You know, he, he's okay with him. He's a nice kid. The pawn shop owner makes a deal and gives it to him for $300, which is all the money that Moose has, which just brightens up his day. And to celebrate, Moose puts on the vest backwards, leaves without pooing, gets on his moped, and just 
drives down the road while taking the strangest selfies possible. It's so weird. He one. Did you think one one? Let's talk about Moose. I've already we already introduced it. Moose has autism. Moose has autism. Do you think that Fred Durst is going to intelligently and carefully depict a person with a mental disability like autism? No, 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 he doesn't. Moose. Oh, Lord in heaven. Moose is a terrible depiction. Moose. What the hell is Moose on? Also, Moose. Moose has the same sort of depiction of of like mental disabilities that. I don't, this may be a specific reference, but uh, D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia did the time when she was pretending to be mentally retarded to, to get to get crack with Dennis. <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, Moose drives down the street at night and we get our title credits, which placing it here, I don't know, it just felt very weird because we had like this whole little opening bit and then boom, title credits. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know. And we the most ominous thing a film by Fred Durst. But that after is a, the scariest. That's the, the scariest part. Honestly, the scariest, the, the scariest of all of all the things in this movie. <laughs> and after a montage of LA minus the homeless people, then again I did learn that this movie was filmed in Birmingham, Alabama, which <laughs> you know, when, when I think LA, I think the deep south. <laughs> and what the hell? Why is it filmed in Birmingham? I don't know. Probably some tax thing that I'm too dumb to understand. <laughs> probably. So, uh, by the way, we get like uh, random pictures drawn throughout this movie. So just just be be ready for that. We cut outside to a building where Moose parks and enters his rundown apartment. He hangs up the vest, kisses it, then awkwardly rehearses his introduction to Hunter Dunbar, kind of like how me and Mike have done before going to like meet a celebrity at a convention. You just kind of rehearse Absolutely. it to yourself in the, in the hey, line. Just, yes, Mr. Mosley. Hello, Mr. Mr. Mosley. How are you doing, Bill Mosley? <laughs> so he, he's like, okay, I have all your VHSs and DVDs. And, and we cut to an alleyway. Moose just stands outside a wooden door. More voiceover of Leah. I have, I have to put uh, some of the blame on myself. I just wanted to be a good friend. But then Leah, the actual person approaches Moose and he starts yelling at her because he wants to get in. Moose hands Leah a pair of bolt cutters, but they're actually just, you know, scissors you find around your house. And Leah's like, okay, I'll just fucking boost you over. And instead of, you know, cutting the lock, Leah boosts John Travolta over a wooden fence and is able to do and is able to do it. But Moose then throws himself over and then falls like 10 feet down onto some trash and just it's- gets up. Is my shirt all right? This is not a good idea. Okay, I'm going into the party now. And then just fucking goes in. It's such a weird progression. It's just, he's at, she can't see him. And he's asking her questions. And you're supposed to, and of course the assumption is supposed to be, oh, it's because he has a disability. And you're like, I don't know if that, what? (laughs) It's just, but any, but in any case, yeah, it's just, it's it's so choppy mm-hmm. like there's no like there's no interactions between leah and moose past where were you i bought bolt cutters ow and that's it that's literally that is literally that's literally moose's dialogue between mm-hmm. leah until he goes into the until he goes into the damn party 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we go inside this party where, by the way, no one questions the John Travolta sized problem in the room. They're, they're all just, you know, mingling. And, you know, this man who has a gray mullet walks in wearing cargo shorts and Hawaiian shirts and just tries to order a milkshake at the bar but he can't because they don't serve milkshakes there and this makes moose sad and he doesn't know where his celebrity man crush is and then he picks up a truffle with his mouth i think then goes to approach this woman named amanda talking to her celebrity friend and she just rolls with it and takes his compliments (laughs) And, you know, he basically fanboys out. He's like, you're a great final girl. This is the only shirt I have in the world. And Amanda tells Moose that, oh, yeah, by the way, Hunter Dunbar isn't here because he's at his son's play. And then security comes to escort Travolta out and he screams at everybody in the party. <laughs> it is. This is one hell. We haven't really had a proper sit down introduction to Moose past. No, we have him. We have. Well, we- he walks in, can't talk, got a poo. That's all you need to know. Mike. <laughs> That's all you need to know about Moose. That's yeah, it's, yeah. You're right. You're right. Actually, you know what? I take back what I said. It's this is insane. This is an insane person. A guy. What? What kind of fool would consciously go to a party wearing a Hawaiian shirt and cargo shorts? I mean, I would. I, I don't know what you're exactly, talking yeah, exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> I'm wearing a Hawaiian uh, shirt right now. I feel called out. I don't like your tone, Michael. <laughs> you're like. You're like. I, I'll have you know, Juby Buffett wears one too. <laughs> no, but exactly. His conversations with this girl who's just chilling, who's just rolling with it, which I guess props to her for not being like, what's going on? She's kind of like, okay, sure, whatever. Dude, keep them coming. But it's, it's very weird. And yeah, the moment security shows up to throw Moose out, Moose just starts shouting, just starts, it just starts shouting randomly. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's so strange. So then we go to back to Moose's apartment. Leah knocks on it. She enters his apartment screaming at Moose. And then he's just like spitting movie trivia. And Leah's mad because Moose got kicked out. And she, you know, I put my neck on the line for you. Moose yells. Leah says, don't yell at me. Then Moose gives her the middle finger in a variety of ways. And she gives it right back. And then we, we, we can't hold on this with John Travolta looking at the camera and doing the trick where you put your thumb up against your mouth and blow on it and then have your middle finger get larger and larger. Like we don't get that. We, we, we can't hold on this because we have to go <laughs> to moose in a bathroom saying yeah. over and over again, getting dressed like <laughs> an old <laughs> English general. He's dressed like a Bobby. He's dressed like a British cop from like the sixties. It's and yeah, he just sits there and just starts going poppycock, poppycock, poppycock. and starts, and, he's, and he just says mate a lot and stuff. And it's just the, it's, they don't, you're not given any chance to have this bond between Leah and Moose. They just go, they just go, ah, they're flipping each other off. Ha ha, moving on. And you're, and you transmitted to, he's a street performer? Is that, that's, that's, he, he performs as a, as a British constable? Yeah, he does a faux British accent and then harasses people walking past him on the L.A. streets. But he gets distracted by some David Blaine type of street performer known as Todd the God, who's like doing street magic that involves him 
taking a nail and putting it through his nose, causing him to bleed. But his pickpocket buddy is taking people's money. And yeah, then they fight on the boulevard. They yell at each other. And I guess they're done with their partnership. But then Todd I, goes to talk to Moose. Um, he knows I, him. And then he just starts harassing him for no reason. I got to say, I got to say, Todd's got a posse that's like are following him around, hanging out with him. He's got his pickpocket friend. And he also has another friend, another street performer buddy. And I found him in the background and I had to pause because I cried. I was laughing so hard. There's a guy with a box of cereal taped to his face that says cereal man across his forehead. (laughs) And he's in a red jumpsuit and he doesn't say a damn word. All he does is pose behind Todd as Todd is Todd and his pickpocket friend are yelling at an autistic person. Why? Why couldn't? Why couldn't John Travolta be friends with Serial Man in this movie? That would have made it so much better. It's such a nitpick. It's such a nitpick. But I just saw Serial Man and I was like, what the how what you could have just had another guy sit behind Todd instead you pick you pick this weird combination between I don't know a box of cereal and like Omni Man from Invincible watch it that like this is some like deep cut reference to like some Limp biscuit music video lore that is just <laughs> going right over our heads absolutely absolutely this is a reference to like Roland or some shit like that <laughs> so anyway todd goes to talk to moose um todd's just harassing him and he's trying to get moose to be a pickpocket moose doesn't want to go to the pawn shop moose enters in uh line vest in hand waiting to meet hunter dunbar the halo from above strikes down on Hunter Dunbar sitting at his table, signing autographs in a heavenly, go- heavenly glow. The music rises. It's getting weirdly erotic for some reason. So it's Moose gets the up. The tension's odd. Dude, the tension's the vibes just are like weird. building. The vibes are not immaculate. Yeah, so, absolutely. <laughs> so Moose gets up to sign, but Hunter gets pulled away. Some woman who I guess is his ex-wife is waiting for him out back. And Moose is just like absolutely distraught by this. And pawn shop owner is trying to calm him down. But we cut to the alleyway. Hunter talks to his ex-wife. You know, he's he's got to watch his kid because she's got a date tonight and he's got to work, you know, which is more important for the future of your child. The money that your ex-husband is getting or you going on a little date, Brenda. Absolutely, got very tense there. Sorry, let me just let me loosen up a little bit. Let me loosen up a little. Absolutely, she didn't get everything in the divorce. She she didn't get everything. (laughs) So Moose interrupts this moment. He's like, "I'm trying to get an autograph," but Hunter just like brushes him off, and Hunter apologizes to his ex-wife or whoever the fuck she is. They fight. She drives away. And Moose is just like, I'm on your side, Hunter Dunbar. And then Hunter insults his fan and he tries to walk away. But Moose is like, hey, I have collectibles. And Hunter's like, how about I sign your face with my fist and then walks away. And Moose is just sad. It's it's, I'm just like at a certain point, I'm just like, just sign his damn jacket. Like, who who cares? Look, look, all you got to do is just. Okay, and you know, oh hey, how you doing? You know, I, I hope you enjoy my next project. No, just, whatever you, whatever you got, thirty seconds. 
I don't, you I don't, don't even need to. You don't even need to like listen to. Like he literally could have just sat there and just gone, "Uh huh, that's great. Yep, number one fan, bud." And he just signs it and walks off. And now, and then Moose would have just been like, "Okay, great. Is I guess I caught him at a bad time." And he was just gone off with his life. <laughs> so we go to some bar or restaurant where Moose talks with Leah. He wants to find a celebrity's house, and Leah says, "Like, look, I have my ways. She works as a paparazzi, and she's like, no, you should not know where Hunter Dunbar lives.'" But there is this app. It's called the Star Map app. You can see where <laughs> celebrities live. And Moose responds by saying, holy cow, Batman. <clears throat> smacks her hand when she tries to take it, his fries. And he downloads okay. the app. Yeah. Couple, couple things. Travolta, Moose, dare I say, is going, I want to go to Hunter Dunbar's house. Leah, intelligently, goes, that's a terrible idea, Moose. I'm not going to tell you how to get to Hunter Dunbar's house. You should stay away. Take the hint and back off. Here's how you get to Hunter Dunbar's house, by the way, though. Just for just how? so that you can look. And I'm like, Leah, what is this? Leah, you, are, you are causing the downfall of a celebrity with your decision. It's well, also, she contradicts herself in two seconds. Like, frame perfect. She just sits there and shifts and goes. I'm not going to tell you how to get there, but here's how you get there. And <laughs> then shows up the freaking app. And she's and like later in the movie, she's like, well, I didn't know he was going to do that. And I'm like, you like, should have not given him the app. Like why show the celebrity obsessed man, an app that has celebrities addresses, which feels like a very gross violation of privacy. Mind you. And you're giving it to the person who's obviously obsessed. <laughs> so we go to Moose's apartment. He calls Leah, thanks uh, her for showing him the star map app. You know, he's freaking out on this like Zillow for celebrities. And then we cut to Moose writing a writing Hunter Dunbar a note. And he's like, you know, hey, you made it clear that I bothered you. And that's the last thing I'd want to do. I've seen all your movies, waited an hour to see. He's basically writing the letter from the Stan music video. Dude, that's what I was thinking. I, I literally went, this man is literally just going the like, I left you three phone calls and two faxes and you didn't get back to it. <laughs> like, So we cut to John Travolta like styling and profiling walking down the street wearing a Hawaiian shirt cargo shorts and an elementary school backpack and dad shoes that is all so Moose finds a house it's amazing he's drippy he's drippy talk about that Ric Flair drip now I want that John Travolta drip I want that Moose drip (laughs) so Moose finds a house takes another awkward selfie in front of it by like holding the his phone in the weirdest way possible. He's thinking about going in, but Hunter Dunbar and his kid run up. Hunter's like, you know, hey, Danny, why don't you go inside and turn on the Xbox? And Hunter walks up to Moose and is like, the f- hey, the fuck are you doing outside of my house? Walk away. Do you want any trouble? <laughs> yeah, that's that. That You know what? I got to say, Hunter has huge anger issues. My God, the dude needs to know how to simmer the hell down. That being said, that's a very real reaction, I yeah. feel like. I feel like that's a very normal reaction of, hey, f- go the hell away. I don't – this is this is my property. You should not be here. Go mm-hmm. away. Don't come back. 
And, you know, Moose, like, he's just like, I just want an autograph. And I was like, you want an autograph? Okay, I'll give you an autograph. And then he takes Moose's pen and then, like, stabs Moose in the chest with it, except he doesn't stab him. He just writes on his shirt in really big letters. And then Moose just, like, walks away with just this sad look on his face like he just shit himself. <laughs> and then Hunter Dunlop just goes just, back he inside. Just, he had to. He had to go poo. Dude, you know when you really have to go poo, but you can't find a can't find a porta potty anywhere. It's okay, man. Mike's it's made that weird. same face before too. I've seen it. Uh, I, I'm not a porta potty man. I'm a Starbucks man. I'm a classy hoe. <laughs> nah, you're a bushes man. You're a bushes man. Just run Absolutely. to the nearest bushes. <laughs> Absolutely, you grab on a branch for support. That's all you need, baby. So anyway, more drone shots of LA. Leah monologues. Again, as Moose walks through downtown L.A. where like they straight up reuse some shots from earlier of like a Marilyn Monroe waving or something. So we go to the bathroom where Moose is wearing his U.K. general outfit, grabs his bag and, you know, he does more vocal warm ups and um, he goes to his job. And then when he comes back to the bathroom, Moose gets cornered by Todd and his guy who I thought left him alone. But I guess they're back. <laughs> Barely they're again. back. I don't know. His name is like Slim or something. <sighs> and Todd just continues to bully Moose. These guys are acting like old high school bullies, and Todd forces Moose to like or to, forces Moose to get teabagged by Slim. I'm halfway expecting these guys to just give Moose a swirly and then go outside and throw the pigskin around. I'm surprised they're not sitting there holding him in like a like a Nelson and and like giving him a noogie. Like it's it's just they're they're just the most what up what up moosey and they're just trying to mess with him. And I'm like one, how old are we? Travolta's almost 60 in this, and you all look like you're in your 30s. Why are we, one, harassing an autistic man? Two, why are we, why are these the insults? So yeah, but then this random security guy comes out of nowhere to stop Todd and Slim. And this security guy asks Moose, like, hey, don't let him talk to you like that. You're going to have to learn how to fight back. Moose like, oh no, they're <laughs> just playing. And then he fucking just walks away. Who knew, who knew that a, who knew that a, Random janitor, security guard, wooden credit, security, security. Is security guard. Sorry, security guard who's patrolling the bathrooms. I might add, goes the he who knew that he would shape the rest of this movie. Who who the fuck knew, man? You who knew? Push push the right buttons. <laughs> a, a a random fuck off security guard. Just changes the course of the movie. So, yeah, more monologuing. Moose is now out back outside of Hunter's house, and he walks through a path to get to a fence where he hops it and still has the greatest fucking Hawaiian shirts. Anyways, walks through his Hunter's uh, backyard and just looking around, you know, insults a plant. But then Hunter's maid yells at Moose through the glass to get the fuck out. But then Moose drops his note and runs away. On the boulevard in the day, Moose stops by Leah and startles her. And um, Leah's trying to get a picture of some celebrity. And Moose is like, oh, by the way, I was at Hunter's house earlier. And Leah's like, yo, didn't I just tell you not to use the app? You know, I, I told you about it. You know, don't invade people's privacy. And Moose is trying to play it off like, oh, haha. But Leah calls Moose a stalker, which that pisses him off because he's a fan, not a stalker. That. It's, it's, 
Moose is really like pedantic. He's mm-hmm. like, needlessly, he's like, no, yeah. I, yeah, needlessly. Which again, it's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go anywhere with regards to whether that's accurate or not. I'm just saying, it's, I'm like, I'm like, damn, Moose, we're really splitting hairs here, huh? Okay, cool, fine, well, whatever, man. You should stop it. You should stop being a fan. Exactly. So he stop. So he goes away, walks away. But Todd stops Moose and tries to get him to work with him. And Todd's like, you know, you can work with me. We can make a lot of money. You know, you're being a fucking pussy. And then Moose fucking snaps, strangles Todd and says, I wish Freddy Krueger would come and chop off your head and it would roll into the streets and a truck would squish it and the blood would splatter everywhere. And he lets go. He starts to cry and walk away. But then the security guy from earlier is just fucking nearby. I guess they don't get too far from each other. <laughs> he's 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 patrol he's patrolling Hollywood freaking Boulevard. I know I don't I didn't know that they just had security guards just randomly waltzing around a public street, but it's, it's LA. It's LA. It's exactly it's LA. But yeah, the security guard doesn't go, oh my God, you just choked a man in public. He goes, Good job, buddy. That's what it's all about. Hell yeah, dog. And he like he like he he does everything other than like fist bump moose, and and, like, and he's only in like two scenes. Yeah, that's it. This is the last. This is like the last scene he's in. I really wanted him to pop up like later in the movie. Like, and spoiler alert for later in the movie, he just like pops out of the closet at Hunter's house, and it's just like, hey, moose. I'm proud of the way you're stabbing that celebrity. Keep yeah, up the good work, champ. Exactly. He, he goes, it's good motion, Moose. Good on you. And he like closes the closet door again. So we go back to Mr. Dunbar's house. The maid tells Hunter that there was a person in his backyard. And Hunter tries to like brush it off. But the maid was like really scared by it. And Hunter tries to calm her down. And they kiss. And the maid's like, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't think we can do that anymore. And walks away. So we go outside. Hunter talks to his gardener, Julio, who was listening to music. And Hunter tells him about a guy sneaking through the yard. And Hunter's like, if you see something, say something. And then sends him home because it's starting to rain. In the bushes, though, we see Hunter and his kid get in the car and drive away. But it's a wild moose in the bushes. And he watches the maid as well. The maid looks out. She spots the note left on the ground. And she picks it up. And Moose screams, don't read it, and runs out. And, you know, the maid (laughs) naturally is scared by this man who has just appeared in the backyard. And the maid just hits Mm -hmm. Moose with, like, a towel or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's something. And it hurts Moose for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Moose tries, like, defend himself. But he gives her these hands, hits her in the face, and she falls to the ground, hitting her head on a fountain and dying with which moose apologizes for he's like oh yeah that's bad that's a nosebleed that's bad i had a nosebleed it wasn't fun but you fixed it but you can't fix death now can you moose i'd see here like you're like you're like moose <laughs> like you can't stick paper towels in someone's brain that's and that that's kind of out of out of out of, out of nosebleed jurisdiction but thanks and then inside hunter dunbar's oh. house oh, moose yeah, is just baby. having it walking around having a good time he's like i'm in hunter dunbar's house and like takes selfies and looks at all his award and then we get what oh. my bold prediction in 25 years 
will be a legendary bad movie line if it's not already. John Travolta picking up a pair of antlers, sitting down and putting them on his head and saying, Moose is in the house. Moose is in the house. Watch out. Watch out. Here's Moosey. It's the worst. It's, it's oh best. my I God. I think you mean it's it the is, best. It is. No, no, no. It's hysterical. Uh, I should rephrase that. I have never laughed so hard. Like I fell apart laughing. I, oh my God. He's just, he's going nuts in the house. And then he just breaks, grabs the antlers and goes, Moose is in the house. Moose is in the house. And you're like, it's just, I was almost agape, mouth agape. Just like, there's no way. There's no way this is a real line in this movie. I wonder if this is like what uh what John Travolta was talking about the the creative freedom that Fred Durst gave him and where Fred Durst was just like yo go in this house we'll just keep the camera rolling uh, just do whatever the fuck you want like he's free range he should have less creative freedom there you go there I said it I said it he should have less creative freedom he's so he needed Quentin Tarantino to rein him in. Yeah, so Moose goes through, plays piano, looks through the fridge, eats some of Hunter's jelly, I think, uses his toilet, reads his scripts, looks at his drugs, uses his toothbrush, views his home videos on a camcorder, which who has those anymore unless for a sex tape? You, you lucked out on that one, buddy. So <laughs> Moose is literally- Moose, I like the idea of Moose being like, ooh, what's going to Hunter Dun- in Hunter Dunbar's house? It was just Hunter clapping cheeks. And he's like, ah, no, no, Hunter. And he just. You know, I heard I heard a little bit of a hesita- hesitation on Hunter Dunbar, and I was halfway expecting you to say, in Hunter Biden's house. <laughs> oh, no. It's just, it's just Moose tripping over mountains of cocaine, just getting to sex tapes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Moose is just sitting on a leather couch, couch watching other people's private videos, but he hears a car driving up. Hunter, he enters the house, looking for his wallet, looking at himself in the mirror, He's like, oh, should I put on a blazer? Washes his hands, but Moose's silhouette walks in the background. Hunter opens a closet. But he's, Moose is, he's, he's like lurking. the worst. He's 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 creeping. He's the worst. Freaking is this is supposed to be suspenseful? I can tell you that much. It's supposed to be. You see the shadow move very quickly, and you're like, oh my god, what was that? I'm 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 shook. But all I saw was John Travolta in a mullet in a Hawaiian shirt just scuttle across the shadows. It looks like your uncle Daryl just had to like waddle back in because he ran out of Amhite because he ran out of bush lights. <laughs> exactly. He just he just waddles in, grabs it. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You guys go back to playing like Mario or whatever. And he like shuffles out. So Hunter opens a closet that Moose is hiding in. Grabs a blazer. He gets a phone call. Talks to somebody about his child. Uh, talks about kissing the maid and how you know some guy and you know how some guy has been sneaking around the house. He hangs up, walks away while Moose just listens. Later, we see Hunter and his kid bond by brushing by him talking about brushing your teeth. I guess he's doing that divorced parent thing, you know, by telling his children to brush his teeth. I don't fucking know. In the bedroom, <laughs> it's, it's it's weird father son shit that mm-hmm. that it's just that's missing us. Missing us at the very least. So, um, so Hunter puts his kid to bed, but Moose is under Danny's bed. How did he get there? He was hiding in the closet, and now he's just underneath his kid's bed. <laughs> Ninja Moose. <laughs> so yeah, then we go to the living room. 
where Hunter is asleep on a chair and Moose enters, just looks at Hunter and his pills and his beer. Then Hunter sits down and like he's rocking back and forth, breathes heavily, takes several weird selfies, drops his phone on Hunter, who just doesn't fucking wake up. Hunter's a narcoleptic. Good <laughs> lord, the dude, the dude, literally. It's Moose doesn't Moose doesn't just like sit there and try and sneak around like it's a Looney Tunes bit. Like Moose uses Hunter like a like a damn bopping. Like he's just walking around, just twisting parts of Hunter, like pushing on him, dropping things on him, and just saying stuff to him, and like kissing <laughs> him on the head too. Oh, yeah, that's right. He kisses him him on the head, gets a blanket, tucks him in, and sniffs the dead skin off of his earlobe and boops him on the nose for some weird fucking reason. Then Moose calms down and watches TV at the celebrity's home, and we get a weird random flashback to a young Moose sitting on the floor watching, like, you know, the OG Night of the Living Dead while his mom hooks up with some guy in the background. And by the way, this is the only time we do this in this whole movie. Why? Yeah, this it, it feels yeah, it feels like a very shoehorned attempt at giving you backstory on who Moose is. Like mm-hmm. it's try the movie's trying to make up for the time that it just realized it lost in building the background of a character to have you be emotionally attached to the character. So they're like, oh no, his mom hooked up with a guy one time while he was watching Night of the Living Dead and that changed him. And you're like, I, just, I haven't, they didn't repeat it or nor did they like repeat the actual like Moose's escape was movies mm-hmm. thing enough. So it just looked like his mom hooked up one time while he was a kid and watching Night of the Living Dead. And you're kind of like, oh, I mean, that really sucks, but you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. It felt like, it felt like Fred Durst was like trying to figure out, okay, what, you know, he would just like, didn't plan out his script at all. It was like trying to figure out what scene to put next is like a little barrier scene between the night and the morning. And he would just like watched a movie that had a flashback in it. That was also in black and white. And he was like, all right, we're going to do this. And just never came back to it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's he, he wanted to do it, but <laughs> never followed up. So smash cut. Hunter's alarm's going off. He's not waking up, but Moose does. And he leaves the living room, exits the house. Cut to Hunter's car with his son, where they listen to. Can, can you just guess? Can you guess what they're going to listen to? They're going to listen to the fucking limp biscuit, of <laughs> the, course. The self-congratulatory call out that Durst had the nuts to do with with having Hunter Dunbar turn to his kid in his car and go, you want some Limp biscuit?" And then he just turns it on. I just had to stop and go, Fred, stop. What what are we doing? One Hunter is already the antagonist. You don't need to make him make me think of him as more of the antagonist by having him play Limp Biscuit. Like I don't know, it just if they, if it was playing in the background, I think that would be like we'd be like, "Oh, oh yeah, they're listening to Limp Biscuit on the radio. Isn't that so funny?" But I think it's the fact that the character Hunter Dunbar was like, "Hey, you got want to listen to some Limp Biscuit? Yeah, I used to I used to love this band back in the day because it's awesome they talk about it they, they focus on it for an uncomfortable amount of time it's, this it, part does nothing for the rest of the movie it feels like it feels like 
Fred Durst wanted to like give him a self give himself a self-aware high five. And he, the way he thought of doing it was going, ha ha ha. What if I what if I slipped it in but made it a wee bit over the top? And I'm like, it just feels like you just went too hard, Fred. Like it just feels like a little too much into into one thing. But all right. So but what does it matter? Um Hunter finds Moose walking down the street. Hunter gets out of his car to talk to him and like fucking threatens him. He's like, I will shove my shotgun so far up your ass. You'll be shitting bullets and blood and makes Moose repeat it. He starts breaking down, walks away with his hands over his head. Hunter calls him a stalker as he's walking away, but this pisses off Moose who yells, I am not a stalker. Mm -hmm. We cut to Moose. We have a little montage of him driving through the L.A. night. He's wearing like he's wearing his general outfit, doing his thing on the side of the boulevard. And then he rocks back and forth on his moped and then it fires back, catches fire and crashes. And Moose gets up and is like, am I all right? And then just fucking walks away from this accident, leaving his bike. He just ditches his freaking moped, his mode of transportation. He just he's just outie and he doesn't go back for it or circle back. He's just nope, move. Moose is on Moose is on on foot now. He's no longer in the house. He's on foot. Moose migrates on foot. <laughs> God damn why, this movie. Why would they name his why would they name him Moose? I don't, why I Moose? Don't know. Why Moose? <laughs> Mike Mike, because he's in the house. <laughs> he is it's yeah, exactly. You know what? We we answered our own question. He's in the house. That's why. So then we go back to his apartment. Moose is just like yelling at himself in the mirror. He's like, let me tell you something, Mr. Dummy Bar. Ghost Train was so stupid. Who sat by you the whole time? I did. This is a nightmare. It's not okay. And, you know, we get cut back and forth between outside his apartment where he's got a gas container, Hunter's vest, and a newspaper and just burns it and a bunch of random items. And inside, Moose is crying while watching Hunter Dunbar movies. And like, you know, sobbing. And it really looks like me watching any Nick Swartzen movie. And oh, uh, no. Moose is just, and Moose is just like, you're not nice. You're a big it's, fake. You just pretend all day. Anybody can do that. I, the moment you said Nick Swartzen, I just stopped and just went, yeah, you know what? I do empathize with Moose. Because every time I see Nick Swartzen on screen, and it's not him in Reno 911 as Terry, I just, I just burst into tears because all I think of is Bucky Larson now. All I think of is Bucky Larson. Sorry, sorry to ruin a ruin a one of the actors of all time for you. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, sorry to ruin Nick Swartzen. <laughs> I mean, dude, I could have fucking ruined Daniel Day Lewis, but you know, the lesser of two evils, I guess. Absolutely. You know what? It's it's you had to choose between. Daniel Day-Lewis and Nick Swartzen. <laughs> so, okay, so Leah knocks on his door. He opens up. Leah enters, smells the gasoline. She asks about the Star Map app, then shows us that Moose, he hasn't just been taking these selfies for himself. He's been posting these pictures online and on social media. Oh, yeah, perfect. We love that. I, I don't the, know. Yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just illegal. That's just illegal. Just illegal. So, yeah, Leah's trying to talk some sense into him, like saying, oh, I could report you to the police. You don't follow the rules. And Leah tries to take Moose's phone, but he won't let her. He shoves her, then does the worst 
thing ever. He blocks Leah on social media. Look at how far Moose has fallen. It's exactly at this point, you, the audience member, go, is there any redeeming for Moose? He just blocked Leah on Instagram. (laughs) How is how is what is the way back up? There is none. (laughs) So absolutely inside Hunter's house, he sleeps on his bed. He's got tissue shoved in his mouth. He wakes up, looks around, realizes he's tied to his bed. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Screams for help. He looks down at the uh, floor, sees that Moose is dead on the ground with blood trickling out of his head. We hear laughter and Moose gets up. He's like, you've been jigsawed. And he just fucking walks out. And I was like, what <laughs> the just, fuck? He, he just wakes up and he's like, haha, I got you. And he just leaves. And the hunter is right there with the viewer in confusion levels going, what? What the hell just happened? It gets even weirder, though, because Moose enters wearing a Jason mask, holding a knife and goes to stab Hunter. But it's like one of those retractable ones. And he removes the mask. and He's like, oh, look, I fooled Hunter Dunbar. You were good, too. You were better than Jamie Lee Curtis. And Moose like checks and it's like Hunter's like, look, look, what the fuck do you want? And Moose is like, why are you so angry all the time? I love your movies. I think you're the best. Stop being so mean to me. And Hunter's like, wait, wait, they're going to call you a monster. Wait, what's in the bag? And Moose is like, oh, it's a surprise. And pulls out a can of gasoline while quoting that one reservoir dog scene, except it's filled with water. And Hunter apologizes for being mean. He's like, look, I'll sign whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Just please get out. And Moose is like, listen. And Moose is like, I don't believe you. You think I'm a stalker. And Hunter's like, look, you have the power in this relationship. You're a fan, and I'm nothing without you. And you know, there's that, there's yeah. that callback to the first for the, for Dude, the first quote in the movie. Listen, yeah, Fred, Fred, Fred Durst read a screenwriting book. We're doing callbacks here. <laughs> Absolutely. He he saw the word Chekhov's gun, and he went, I gotta put that back. <laughs> Moose, and then also Moose fucking leaves. And he's like, are you hungry? I'm hungry. And just goes in and like tries to, he comes back in. Moose quotes Night of the Living Dead, which, you know, I guess was also set up. He, you know, he does the thing and he's <gasps> eating something. I think, I don't fucking know. And Moose is like, I think Danny's going to grow up hating you because you don't have any ice cream. He's going to remember this. And Hunter's like, look, I'll go get some right now if you just untie these ropes. I'm not going to tell anyone. I won't hurt you. I know you're a good person. You know, I seem mean and angry, but I'm just scared. And I know you are too. You just want to leave, right? And the moose just fucking starts breaking down. I was like, okay, look, hear me out. If I let you go, I pledge. I swear I will not call the police. And then after that, I'll sign whatever the fuck you want for the rest of your life. And this just makes moose so happy. And, you know, uh, this, you know, they go back and forth. Moose is like Hunter's like, you know, just let me go. I'm an actor. We do visualization. We imagine. Let's try this technique. Um, come here. And then he does like breathing exercises where Travolta yeah, does a lot. He starts exhale. doing breathing exercises with Moose. He's just like, he's like, he, he goes, all right, Moose, let's practice. And they just start breathing in and out. And it's just, okay, sure. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> and through this whole visualization, the whole picture turns pink and purple tinted. Hunter talks about a night out on the town with Moose and Moose just straight up fucking cuddles Hunter, you know, like me and Mike do after a long night out. And, Absolutely. And uh, Hunter, Hunter's two like, homies. Dude, true, true homies let you cuddle. 
Absolutely. And Hunter's like, no, we can do all that. Just take all the ropes off. And okay. Moose removes the knots from Hunter's wrist. He's free. Hunter shakes the hand of Moose. And then fucking headbutts him and shoots him in the hand with a nearby shotgun that he just fucking he, has. He just has a shotgun just behind him, which one Moose didn't grab or do anything with. It's it's just he just turns off screen, comes back with a freaking like Mossberg and <laughs> he just shoots Moose's hand. And you and like it's it's at this point where you're like, okay, the headbutt, I'm like, okay, so it's Hunter's trying to escape, or like mm. he's gonna try and fight Moose. Hunter grabs a gun and shoots Moose, and I'm like, whoa! Okay, Jesus Christ, we just we just first Moose was going to prison, but now you're going to prison. Well, it's like both characters. Like could it could have just been a very normal like hey how you doing glad you're a fan but both characters like fucking nuke the line like they they, they do. fucking like sprint they over do. do the fucking triple jump over the line like it's it is it's weird. every time every time in the movie the time the line is moved by one character the other character like the other character sort of st- waits at the line turns to the turns to the other character and goes all right here here's how we can come back from this and then they just do a freaking triple double somersault or whatever off the high beam <laughs> and just go all the way out to left field <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you're walking next to your buddy and like you know one of you is like maybe a little bit ahead and then the other one like tries to get a little bit ahead but then the other one notices and you just like do this constant thing where you're like both beginning to slowly but surely walk faster next thing you know you're in a dead fucking sprint to see who can be the one in front <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it's so weird it's so, so weird so moose is trying to crawl away with one hand intact and he gets kicked down these steps by hunter uh, Hunter's on the offensive downstairs. Hunter's like, you can't leave without me, Moose. I'm nothing without you. And Moose is like, I just like your movies. But Hunter shoots around Moose's head, leaving like his ears ringing. And then Hunter stabs Moose in the eye. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? While Moose it's- is just doing this like high pitch fucking wailing. Oh my God. I got to say, all right. We've dunked on this movie a lot. We genuinely have. This is when Moose wails. I like literally hair stood up. I was like, Jesus Christ, because it's like it is John Travolta emotionally just going is like just at the top of his damn lungs. And oh, my God, I was like, please stop. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please stop. This is awful. Please stop. I want to watch this movie around a dog. And just see if it just like sits up. It's like one of those like high pitch wailing, exactly. like only dogs can hear. It's just he just opens up his mouth, and you just see your like dog just like just ears go up. Like what the <laughs> hell's going on? Instead of we uh, dog whistles, it's just I don't know, like a whistle in the shape of John Travolta's screaming head in this scene that you just blow oh my into. God. Oh, <laughs> it's just, you just blow into it, and the mouth just opens up, and it's just a dog whistle. <laughs> So then uh, Hunter, he then cries and sits on the floor and, you know, gets up to grab something. And Hunter starts tending to uh, Moose's wounds. I wish I could really see what it was because it's so fucking dark. 
Uh, yeah. anyway, anyway uh, he gives Moose a hand wrap, opens the door, then Moose leaves through the front door. On Hollywood Boulevard the next day, Moose is just walking down the street, covered in blood from his hand and his eye, and no one bats an eye. I mean, th- this is L.A. after all. Mm-hmm. And even some touristy guys come running by like, yo, you look awesome, dude. Get Take a selfie with a dying man. And Leah just so happens to be driving by She's like just, LA is like a fucking small town. Yeah, exactly. Leah just happens to be just in the hood, just just rolling. She's like, oh, shoot, is that Moose? Oh, my God, he's hurt. And then she just peels off. Like, it's Hollywood Bully Boulevard in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, how the hell did she just stumble across Moose? <laughs> yeah, so she gets out, goes to help him. And Leah's like, you know, I don't know what happened. I'm going to go get you some help. We get a voiceover. And Hunter, he's an actor. He's a survivor. A survivor. It's Dora that I'm worried about, the maid character. <laughs> the maid that we forgot about and never addressed again. Yeah. Remember, you remember her? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she did the movie pretended to forget about her but then suddenly went oh shit that's right she's here remember the random uh i don't know uh hunter having sex with the maid plot that we only mentioned once yeah that's there too (laughs) yeah exactly let's let's dig that one up baby so at back at hunter's house uh the police arrive they're looking for him it looks like the gardener might have turned him in for some reason i don't know why the he Hunter was like nice to the gardener. Let him. I was about to say early. Hunter, the, the, my favorite thing is, yeah, it shows the gardener, and the gardener's just like, and I'm just shaking his head, <laughs> uh, uh, as if like, as if like Hunter like cussed out the gardener at some point. He didn't. He just asked him a question. The guy responded, and went, "Hey, can I get off work early?" And Hunter was like, "Yeah, sure, man. That sounds good." And he just walks in, and the gardener's like, "You think you know a guy?" And he's like. <laughs> Dude, hey, you're, you're not a real, you're not a real homie, man. You know, he lets you leave work early. Yeah, exactly. It's real homies would would cover up for a murder if, if someone was looking out for him. So yeah, Hunter gets arrested, put in the back of a police car. We see a stretcher getting brought brought into his house. Yeah, so um, Leah monologues more that Moose lost his hand and his eye, and then we get one more drawing of Pirate Moose which I guess that's his new character on on the boulevard with one last line. I am not a stalker. And yeah, that's the end of the wonderfully strange, the fanatic. Mike, what do you, what do you, what do you got for this movie now that, now that we're done with it? <laughs> you gotta get drunk and see this movie. Oh yeah. That's all I gotta say. You have, you don't even need to get drunk and see this movie. You can just watch the movie and you will be flabbergasted at just everything about this. There is not a single part of this movie that I don't think is not just cranked up to freaking 11. Like everyone is going so overboard with their acting and it is so the plot is bonkers ridiculous. I, I, this is like a drunk movie night number one or two. Oh yeah, this is definitely it's, it's more of ridiculous. a vibe for. This is definitely more of a vibe for like what we're about here at the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, having a drunk movie mm, night. Yeah, and Jesus, <laughs> this movie felt like a breath of fresh air after Gotti. Yeah. but that doesn't mean it's a good movie. No, like, like while some shots are very visually interesting, like the cinematography is like you know, good to look at the performance of John Travolta here 
is just so questionable. <laughs> I, it's yeah, questionable is putting it nice. I don't know if it's like improv or someone actually wrote this, but it is just laughably bad. It's like Travolta yeah. brings this like Tommy Wiseau-esque charisma to the role that I think works in a so bad it's good way. And absolutely, absolutely. It is absolutely a freaking like room scenario mm-hmm. where it's so bad. It's so hilarious. Mm-hmm. It is, it's insane. It is yeah. insane. But everyone other than Travolta, like I couldn't give like two rats pissing on a light pole about. Like that's not why you come to this movie. Like, why is there a random security guard or Todd? It's just kind of there. And I would be remiss also if I didn't mention John Travolta's amazing Hawaiian shirt collection in this movie, which, you know, my hat's off to you, my good sir. He he busted out the freaking Margaritaville greatest hits of beach shirts. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) And. And one last thing. This is a very this is a short movie. This is less than 90 minutes. I'm with Mike on this one. I think this is a good number one movie to start your drinking marathon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, but you know, that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. Definitely, 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 even though we just went through it, go check out The Fanatic. You are not going to be disappointed. And uh, Mike, no, you do you have anything anything you want to add? Moose is in the house. Moose, Moose is, is in the house. house. <laughs> I want Dude. a shirt that says Moose is in the house signed by John Travolta. Dude, if that doesn't turn into a freaking uh oh hi mark style like quote in the in the bad movie lexicon, it is a disservice. It is a dis freaking service. We we need to sit these sit these kids down, Mike, and do a viewing. Be like, all right, all right, trendsetters. I'm going to learn you a thing or two. I'm going to learn you a thing or two about bad movies. Here's John Travolta in a sad mullet and Hawaiian shirts talking about nosebleeds and running through a celebrity's house. Hell yeah. Hell yes. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.